Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast, where we delve into the powerful benefits of a holistic, high-raw vegan lifestyle for achieving optimal health, brain function, and overall well-being. This podcast is not just about personal health. We're also passionate about community development and creating a culture of health through business and collaboration. Join us as we explore the intersection of raw food, holistic health, and community building to empower ourselves and others to live our best lives. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Integrative Nutrition Coach. And today, we're going to be talking about Discovering the Hidden Secrets of Food Labels, Your Ultimate Guide to Making Informed Choices While You're Traveling. And why we're talking about this is because I'm currently recording this in Loveland, Poland. If you notice, the sound is different. It's because I'm not using my Yeti mic, I'm using a lavalier because I'm backpacking throughout Poland for the entire summer. If you're on my email list, you probably got an email from me inviting you to be my guest at the Physicians Committee event in July. I'm not sure when this episode is gonna go live, but I will be in New York for a week in July. And that should be fun, I'm looking forward to that, but I'm basically going from Warsaw, Poland to New York and New York back to Warsaw, Poland. (laughs) And so I'm spending the entire summer here in the country, bopping around to different cities. So far, I've spent time again in Warsaw. I was in Warsaw for the first time last year, and I was just so blown away by the experience. I just dreamed up, man, it would be so cool if I could visit all these different cities. And I made a list of all the things I would want to do if I ended up in those cities. And next thing, I'm here and we're doing it. Literally, this is manifestation. To say I had a plan, I planned, but it was more of like dream. When you do a vision board and you're dreaming, there was nothing concrete until a series of events happened. And I looked at my accounts and I was like, you know what? I have the money. I should just do this. If I don't do it now, then I would probably have to wait a whole summer. Poland has winter and I'm allergic to winter, so I'm definitely not gonna do, I wouldn't do something like this when it's cold. So I'm here in Poland through mid-September and so far so good. I'm having an amazing time. I've probably had too much fun in Warsaw because Warsaw, I would consider it to be like Los Angeles in terms of the vegan food options that you have. I do appreciate the fact that you can find whole food options. Like a lot of vegan places, it's very difficult. Here is the same, but you have a higher likelihood of finding whole food options in Poland, I feel like, than in LA with in, ter- in the vegan scene. So if you're looking for a place to visit, I highly recommend. And so the next few episodes that are coming out on this podcast is gonna be around that. And also sharing some personal experience because I've had some learning lessons. This is my first time really like bopping around like this. First of all, I don't even really like to travel. (laughs) I don't really like to travel, but there is a health benefit and a mental cognitive benefit. Before we get started on today's topic, I wanna let you know about some helpful resources on rawfoodmealplanner.com. And the first is a checklist just for you on how to diversify your gut microbiome. 
your, the health of your gut impacts the health of your brain and your quality of life. And so this checklist is really gonna help you in terms of getting your gut health together. I also have a strategy sheet for intermittent fasting called Fasting Made Easy in Seven Steps. Strategies for reducing stress, improving sleep, and staying motivated. Definitely pick that up on rawfoodmealplanner.com. It's right there on the main page. If you are, have been trying to practice intermittent fasting and you've been struggling, I've identified that the major reasons for struggle is because of stress, lack of sleep, and motivation is lacking or waning. Staying consistent was very difficult. Pick up that freebie. Also, I've gotten many requests for folks who want, of course, a raw vegan meal plan. So you can take the 30-day raw vegan challenge. I have the link in the show notes to sign up. It comes with a full month raw vegan meal plan with all the nutritional breakdowns. So if you are someone who needs to see what the calorie intake is, what the carb, fat, and protein macro breakdown is, this meal plan has all that information. All right, so Today, we're gonna dive into discovering the hidden secrets of food labels, your ultimate guide to making informed choices while traveling. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast, you are on a journey, a health journey, to incorporate more raw foods into your life, into your diet. And while traveling, it can be a little difficult. I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems since the pandemic, a lot of our beloved raw vegan restaurants did not make it. It was a really difficult time for many restaurants. Many restaurants didn't make it. The raw vegan ones, it seems like most of them that serve food seem to have shut down. It was already a difficult landscape, I feel, for raw vegan restaurants even before the pandemic because most of the most of humanity is not necessarily raw vegan or even vegan. The last stat I saw is like 3% of the population, either globally or in America, I can't remember, honestly, is vegan. And so when you think about that landscape, also the fact that we know that most vegans are eating a lot of processed foods and processed meats and things like this. So the raw vegan community, when I say it's small, okay? It's small. I remember the first days of Earth Healing Cafe on Montrose Avenue in Ravenswood, Chicago. Our first few customers, especially the first one, I remember this woman. She had one of our most popular dishes, which was a, like a raw vegan burger. And she said she needed to eat it with crackers. Now, this, it's still funny to me now because when you raw vegan burger, right? It's dry enough where to add crackers doesn't make sense, but what I heard from what she said is that this doesn't have enough salt. It doesn't, like the salt, I think, because why would you want crackers with this? The only thing I could think of is salt. And I know this food was well salted, right? But when people are used to processed foods and a lot of restaurant food that is not health conscious, they put a lot of salt in the food. A lot of salt. So when you go to a healthy level of salt, it's wow. Eventually, though, as you start to clean up your diet, you get to a place where, you know, even like the fast food, 
processed food, restaurant food level of salt is just way too salty. But it was a huge adjustment for this woman, right? <laughs> it was a huge adjustment. And we were doing a lot of education in the beginning on a lot of things with this store, what we were offering, which is something that honestly I expected because at this point when the store opened, I was three years into my high raw journey myself. So I was relatively new, I guess you could say, but I was already convinced. I was already on the lifestyle. I was already loving it. Everything tasted great. But I do want to say that my mom set a really good foundation because she was always, she has historically been anti-salt. Her foods growing up didn't have salt. <laughs> and it wasn't an issue for me. Like, I don't remember it being an issue for me. Also, I ate a lot of whole foods growing up. I ate vegetables in my family. It didn't matter if I was at home with my parents or at my aunts and uncles, and my mom is one out of eight, right? So there was lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and things. It didn't matter whose house I was at that time. At least, mostly it was one sister, actually two sisters that I would go to their home. But they, and they always emphasize, all the homes emphasize having vegetables on the plate, you can't leave until the vegetables are done, that type of thing. So that set a good foundation for me. And I noticed being doing this health coaching work for some time that not everybody has had that experience. So it's an even bigger adjustment, right? For the palate to get used to like actual whole foods and things like this. Now, when you add on the layer of travel, even for someone like myself, I've been on this journey for 15 years at this point. And when you go to a place like Warsaw, Poland, where, like I said, they have so many vegan options, you just want to play, okay? And that's what I did. I played until my body said, girl, you really need to calm down. <laughs> you need to calm down with this. So we're going to get into it on how to, like, when you're ready, don't, like, if you want to play, but at a certain time, we're going to have to come back to normalcy, to eating for real for our body for health and longevity and just comfortability. But I don't want you to get hung up like, oh, I ate bad food. I Because everybody goes through this. I had, I forget what I had the other day that I ended up having to take activated charcoal. Oh, yeah, it was, I had a salad and the salad was great from this place in Lublin. And I've been documenting my trip on my YouTube channel, so you can follow me on YouTube at Samantha Salmon, where I even did a recent video on the top vegan restaurants in Warsaw, because Lord knows I done checked them out. <laughs> I checked out a lot of them. But I had this salad in Lublin that they, it was a nice, healthy salad. On top though, they made like chicken, quote unquote chicken, which was mushrooms that they deep fried in a batter. So there was like, it almost looked like if you were going to KFC and you know how KFC does the chicken skin or whatever, that's what was surrounding this mushroom. And this thing, the oil from this thing, it was just too much for me, accumulated to, I don't think it was just that, I think accumulated with all of the oils because I went from 
at home, not buying oil, not using oil in my meals, not consuming oil, to now I've been consuming oil almost daily since I've been in Poland in some shape or fashion, eating from the restaurant, and now I'm in an Airbnb and I bought some things from the store, including hummus. This is store-bought hummus, which has oil in it. And so avoiding while traveling has, for me, been difficult, but there's, there are ways to work around it. And I'm getting myself back to there. <laughs> I'm getting myself back to there because oil does not do a body good, let me tell you. So the first tip, let's start getting into the first tip so this episode doesn't go too long. Focusing on the ingredient list, right? So you're interested in high raw foods or high raw lifestyle. That's why you're listening to the podcast. If you're traveling, have grace with yourself. You may need to incorporate some cooked foods, you may not. I know there's a spectrum of folks that listen to the podcast and there are folks who have been doing raw vegan to the point where it doesn't matter the situation. They could be in a bush sleeping somewhere. They can do the raw foods. For me, it's really important how the food is prepared, where the food is prepared. So I, I am not that flexible when it comes to my meals. So I just want to add that as a, as a note as we get into some of these tips and, and advice, right? This is for the person who's looking to eat as healthy as possible while traveling, eating as much raw as possible while traveling, which may mean incorporating some cooked foods, but as healthy as you can find it. So focusing on the ingredient list is important. Here, like I said, I'm in Lublin at the time of recording this, and I went grocery shopping and picked up some items and you better believe I am scrutinizing everything on the label. Now for folks, I am gonna be working on a video on my YouTube channel about how to navigate labels, right? Food labels and food ordering at restaurants in Poland, right? Because obviously you need to maybe know some Polish words like vegansky, like mleko, yajko, jabser, things like this to know what to avoid what to get, that type of thing, conversations with folks when you're ordering, that type of thing. And the same thing when you're buying the food, sometimes the packaged stuff doesn't always have English on the package. And so I use an app called Google Lens because I don't know all the words, all the Polish words. I do know some words, but not all of them. So Google, the Google app has this thing called this feature in the app called Google Lens where you basically just take a picture of the item or the thing, whatever, sign, any kind of text, and it will translate that into English for you. It will detect whatever the language is. So this could work for wherever you go. And let's say it's not Poland and it's, I don't know, someplace else where they don't speak English and you need to decipher the label. This is a great app to get. And in doing this research, going to these different grocery stores since I've been here picking up things, I've noticed some things. They have sugar in a lot of the stuff. Like you'll see cornstarch or it literally will say sugar on it, but it's in a lot of packaged stuff. Even I picked up some chickpeas in a jar that like how you buy ready-made chickpeas, right? and the ingredients on the jar, and this was the best I could do. Now, there is a health food store. I haven't compared it to the health food store yet, 
that's going to be a separate trip. And as I go on this trip, I am learning what to do because this is my first time like digital nomading, really, like for real, since I'm like so long. It's not like just a two week vacation. It's like months away from home, away from my kitchen, away from my tools and my knives and my process for how I create healthy meals and have healthy things stocked. So it's been a learning experience for me navigating after the play, just figuring out how to do real life on this trip. And so analyzing the ingredient list, so factoring time when going grocery shopping, that time will be spent translating stuff on the labels, looking for those sugars, looking for artificial additives, unhealthy fats. If you're trying to avoid it, like the oils and things, you're gonna really spend time reading those labels. Now, ways we could save time. Of course, there's some ways to save time. Like I mentioned, some raw food friends who are like, I would say way more advanced than me uh, because I remember at one point my kitchen was being renovated and I didn't have a kitchen for a long time, like five weeks four or five weeks, and I reached out for some advice. My brain was overwhelmed, and I was told, just put the fruit on a plate, eat it on the floor, use your fingers, and I'm like, okay, but I need a sink, <laughs> and I'm not gonna eat on the floor. This works for some people, and I don't want, I don't want this to sound like I'm knocking folks, those folks, you know, all the power to those folks, but I need proper hygiene in the kitchen. I do believe germs are a thing <laughs> and I need my produce properly washed. I need my hands clean. Anybody that's making food for me, I need their hands to be clean. That's why there's, I don't eat out at any place. When I go to a restaurant, I know that I can eat there based on how the bathroom looks. If the water is not working in the bathroom. They don't have soap. They don't have paper towel. How is my food being prepared in a clean manner if you don't have these basic things for clean hands, right? This stuff is important to me. So I assume if I'm out there, <laughs> there's others like myself out there who want to eat healthy, but they're not willing to sacrifice actual health and integrity of their gut just by being willy-nilly out there. I don't think eating an apple or an orange is gonna compensate for people's bad hygiene, right? I don't believe that, personally. I'm not taking that risk with my stomach. Anyway, the reason why I mention that is because you can eat whole foods, just make sure that you have a kitchen to prepare your stuff. So for me, that looks like making sure I'm in an Airbnb versus a hotel. So I have a kitchen, I have, at, at least a, some kind of knife I was concerned coming into this Airbnb that I wouldn't have a chef's knife because you can't cut certain fruits with just a dinner knife or a butter knife or something like that. Like you need an actual chef's knife. So these are some of the things that kind of come up when you're traveling like this. Luckily, I'm in a great place that has those things. They have the chef's knife, so I'm able to cut up my fruits because that's how I'm able to enjoy it. And that's the thing is like, all of us have different needs in order for us to eat clean and healthy. And so instead of making those things wrong, 
we need to work with ourselves and find out how we can get what we need so we can continue to be consistent in our healthy eating. Because none of it is wrong, right? We're just different in how we operate, how we maneuver, right? How flexible we are with certain situations and things like this. So on to number two. We've already covered number one, which is big. Eating whole, making sure to spend time to read the ingredient list, using the app if you need to, if you're in a country where English is not the main language, and incorporate getting those whole foods yourself so you don't even have to worry about reading labels by making sure you're in an Airbnb with a fridge, with a kitchen, with the utensils that you need in order to eat, okay, and prepare your meals. All right, so number two, organic. Now, my experience, so like the GMO, the whole GMO conversation, from my understanding, is a global one, right? This is a global problem, it's in America, it's in India, it's in a lot of these different countries, including Poland. So in Poland, the way they identify organic is by with the label bio, or they'll say bio, but it's B-I-O, or it'll say echo, right? Echo is in E-K-O, I think I've seen E-C-O also, but that's how they identify organic. Now, I must say I picked up grapes, peaches, apples from a local grocery store that were not organic. I have been eyeing the, or the grapes since I've been here, and it's been like, what? Like, I want to say, what, almost, almost three weeks I've been in the country and I've been eyeing these grapes. <laughs> They've been calling my name every time, yo, Sam, what's up? And I just caved in. I was like, you know what, let me just get these grapes. And I'm, I tend to be sensitive to chemicals and things like this, but these grapes did not taste like conventional grapes that I know from America. Like they tasted like healthy organic grapes. They weren't labeled organic. The apples, fine. I typically, when I buy inorganic apples or conventional apples in America, I have irritation in the throat. Here in Poland, and specifically I bought these apples in Lublin, I haven't had that experience. And I have yet to dig into the, to the peaches, so I, don't know yet, but I'm not being as crazy about organic here as I am in America. And that's just because in the European Union, they don't allow a lot of chemicals that they allow in the States, which I think is more negatively affecting Americans than these countries because of that reason. At the same time, since Roundup and glyphosate is being used, there is a possibility that eating these foods that aren't labeled organic, I could be consuming them even though I'm not tasting it, I'm not having a reaction like I would. I'm not sure why, because we don't know like how the farmer is actually harvesting these foods, what they're doing. Different people have different methods. I've met farmers even in America that are like, I don't use chemicals, but I'm not gonna pay for the organic, <laughs> certification or whatever. So I don't know, but I'm just sharing my experience that I personally have, this is not a battle that I have the energy to fight at this moment <laughs> here to be like crazy about it. So I've given in and so far, 
so good. I do know though that when I get back to Florida, I may need to do some kind of detox or something like this. I don't know. I don't know. To get the chemicals out, whatever they may be. But I think some of the chemicals, it's really difficult. Like we're living in a time in this world. I don't think, it doesn't even matter what country you're in. Regardless of the country you're in, we're living in a time where chemicals are so pervasive that I don't see how we can outrun them. There's all these techniques we can utilize, different foods we can eat, different strategies. It's really hard to get plastics out the system. If you've already eaten, if you've eaten out, you don't know if the people in the restaurant are using Teflon coated pans. And those chemicals are forever chemicals, which if they're forever in the environment, are they forever in the body? Do they stick around even regardless of detoxification methods? I am not quite sure. I've done a podcast episode before about the forever chemicals, which I'll make sure to link in the show notes. They cause a whole bunch of issues, reproductive issues and things like this. And I am concerned about it. At the same time, I have eaten out. <laughs> I have. And I don't know. I don't know what we, where we go from here. I just recently was on the news that 3M, who is the original manufacturer of the Forever Chemicals, is paying out billions of dollars in, a, in some kind of settlement or lawsuit or something regarding these Forever Chemicals because they are in the environment and wreaking havoc on public health. But is this enough? I don't know if it's enough. I feel like the damage has already been done. And so at this point, we just have to do the best we can and we need to make sure that our structures and policies don't allow for people to play around with these chemicals, put them in the system, and then wait for people to get sick to say, oops, my bad, and then, but what can you do? What can you do? So another question that always comes up is about serving size, being mindful of portion sizes and stuff. I personally, if you're on vacation, I would not concern yourself about serving sizes and portion sizes, right? Have fun, enjoy your food, okay? Don't be crazy about it. Now, with that being said, if you aren't feeling well because you're eating too much or you're not necessarily on vacation, maybe you are thinking about or doing something similar to me where you're digital nomading, so this is like life, but in a different location, or maybe numerous different locations. In that instance, I love, this is why I love intermittent fasting, and which, why I mentioned that really helpful resource is, for me, as someone who has a history of like overeating just because I love food and I love the taste of food and I enjoy eating. Intermittent fasting really works for me because I have my cutoff time and after that cutoff time or like before my feasting window, I'm using that time to drink lots of water, right? I need a certain amount of water a day, right? And so I use my fasting time to get my water intake and my feasting time to enjoy and eat 
whatever I want, whenever I want. And with that, I also, there's certain things that I try to get in my diet, I can say it's been difficult. Like in terms of macronutrient balance, definitely, like I said, if this is something that's interesting to you, you're gonna wanna take advantage of that 30 day raw vegan challenge and get the meal plan, which has the whole breakdown. For me personally, how I get my carb, fat, and protein breakdown just for satisfaction and making sure that I'm keeping my, my fat as low as possible, like my, in terms of the, my, my body composition, keeping my fat stores as low as possible, is by eating lots of cruciferous vegetables, which has been difficult to get here since I've been here. Minimizing fats, typically I would avoid oils and just stick with avocado. Again, has been difficult, hasn't been, really been working out, but I haven't been really, like I'm just now starting to move away from vacation eating to like real life eating now. And then also proteins, up in the proteins, typically I get a lot of proteins from beans, lentils, legumes and things. And the beans, <laughs> I feel like that's been difficult, but I've been able to get protein though. It hasn't been much. In the places that I found that have really healthy, clean food, it hasn't really been much, which is why making your own food is just, it's easier to control all these things. How I'm getting the, how I'm getting all this stuff. First of all, carbs, I don't really worry about carbs because as a vegan, who eats whole foods, everything you're eating is carbs, okay? So I don't even think about it. I know I'm getting in carbs. I don't even think about it, okay? Now fats, I know, like I said, I got hummus, so I have protein there, there's oil in there, so that's fats. I've pretty much just been eating that with the fruits that I have and salads, so I'm getting in my greens with the salads, but the cruciferous would be a little bit more difficult because I would need to find something I like. I haven't seen kale since I've been here. I haven't seen Brussels sprouts, which I love. And Brussels sprouts, I would, I prefer having Brussels sprouts at least steamed. And I haven't seen it here. And this again would be quite difficult. So I'm trying to stay away from cooking anything and just trying to see how I can maneuver without having to cook anything but and maybe getting ready-made stuff, but ready-made stuff that kind of falls in line where it's not too fatty, gives me the protein that I need, which is looking, it's just gonna be mostly fruits, just loading up fruits, juices, and salads, and then just trying to get full off of the other items. Now, when it comes to calories, I'm not, on this trip, I'm not even concerned about calories other than making sure that I eat enough because I have been walking a lot. I've been walking like at least, I think it's, I think it's like at least five miles a day for the most part. The past two days have been lighter walking days, which have been great to take a break. If you are doing a lot of activity, a lot of walking around in the heat and stuff like this, definitely you want to make sure you stay hydrated and make sure you're not super hungry. And I think that's sufficient to making sure that you're eating enough. Another tip 
is focusing on high fiber foods, right? So again, even before being in a place with a kitchen, going out to eat, that's what I'm looking for. What are your whole food options? I'm allergic to soy. I'm allergic to the fake meat, the fake cheeses and stuff like this. Like talking, having conversations with folks when you're ordering so that you can get whole foods, fiber-rich foods. And so maybe sometimes I would just take a little time explaining. I had one situation at a Mexican fast food place where I ordered, I was trying to order a roasted vegetable like bowl, like when you go to Chipotle and they have the burrito bowl. And I was like, so this, she was like, okay, we don't have the roasted vegetables, but we have the vegan bowl. And I said, the vegan one, it doesn't have this and this, right? Now I was pointing to the items and speaking. I forget what I said, but I was, my intention was to make sure I wasn't getting any fake meats or cheeses. And she was like, no, it has this and this. And she pointed to the items on the menu. They were all whole food items. So I'm like, okay. Now it comes time I get my bowl and I see something that looked like cheddar cheese on top. And I'm like, what is this? And she says, it's vegan cheese. And I'm not in the practice of sending my food back to the kitchen. I just don't, like I said, I'm really concerned about how my food is handled, <laughs> who's preparing it, how they're preparing it. So I don't do all that. So I'm just like stunned there in shock. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I, what I learned from that experience, and it was really difficult to fork that out of my plate. Luckily it didn't ruin my food because typically I, I don't like these fake vegan cheeses unless they're made from like cashews or almonds. What I learned from that situation is I need to spend more time talking through, confirming, reconfirming, making sure we're both on the same page because that's the whole reason I first asked for the roasted vegetable option is because I didn't want the vegan because I knew when you say vegan at a lot of these places, it means fake this and fake that and fake this, which I don't eat. Slowing down, just having the conversation. That's part of my process for avoiding unhealthy fats because a lot of these fake foods have lots of oil in them. And then they're cooked. I know like we're not supposed to have trans fats in our food. It's been banned, but what I've learned is that when certain oils are cooked beyond their smoke point, they actually turn into trans fats. If you're someone with rheumatoid arthritis who's traveling, this can be really dangerous because it, it causes flare-ups and things that can be really painful and can set folks back tremendously in, on their recovery journey. Again, the easiest way to avoid this is getting a place with a kitchen and sticking to items that you can make on your own without even having to ask or order or whatever, right? I know me personally, if I had rheumatoid arthritis, I would not eat out. I would have a lot of encouragement just in my body where I would avoid eating out because eating out would equal pain because you don't have control over oil with these places because they're trying to get customers in the door and keep them coming back and people are addicted to fat, sugar, and salt, right? And oil provides that fat so people feel satiated. They feel like they didn't waste money eating out, right, because there's a premium there. And you're gonna have oil in the dish. It's gonna be a hard thing to avoid. 
Now, normally at home, I like to make sure I'm eating an array of fruits and vegetables, different colors, right? Because that diversity is good for the gut microbiome. And if you can do that while you're traveling, that is excellent. Now, if that's difficult, I just want to give you some peace of mind that eating what's in season locally for where you are is completely fine. The way I understand, so I don't know if you're familiar, if you've been listening to me for a while, you probably are. And if you're in the community, you probably are familiar with Dr. Will Bolshewitz's work on gut health, like his two books, talking about the microbiome. Now, the way he explains it is that the foods you eat actually encourage more of the bacteria that loves to enjoy that food, right? So if you're eating McDonald's every day, then you're, you are growing in your gut the bacteria that loves to, that thrives off McDonald's food and processed food and things like this, right? Which may not be good for your long-term health, right? If you are, if you eat a lot of apples, grapes, salads, and things, then you have a lot of bacteria that is, that thrives on those foods. And those bacteria, microbes, things, they are, they will help with your cognitive function and overall well-being for the long term. Now, with that in mind and understanding, that means that what you eat dictates the bacteria. So it doesn't matter what you eat. <laughs> There's going to be bacteria in there to digest it, right? So if you are in a place where now I went from eating a lot of Brussels sprouts to now I don't have any Brussels sprouts, that's fine. All the nutrients I got from the Brussels sprouts, they came in, they did what they need to do to my body. Now I'm getting nutrients that I wasn't getting before. It's, it's impossible to eat all the foods that are available on the globe all the time, right? It's just not feasible. But eating what is local and available to you, your body will still get nourishment from it, right? So you just do the best you can. You don't have to be crazy about doing all the things, doing everything. Because I, I feel like it is possible for the body, as smart as it is, as intelligent as it is, to make the most of what it has. This is how we have survived as a species for centuries, for millennia, right? There, there have been times of feast and times of famine and even in between, right? I, we just, while I was in Warsaw, I went to a museum called the Museum of Communism. And one of the features that they have in the museum that really stood out to me was this woman posing for a picture with all the food that she was allowed to have, she was given for, that was supposed to last her for a whole month. And it was like a handful of foods, mostly powders and flowers and things. And I was looking at that, wow, that would be a week's worth of food for me. That is like hardly any food. We've had situations like this where people have lived under or within oppressive systems that has impacted their nutrition and things like this. But I find that overall for the most part when it comes to whole actual whole plant-based foods that the diet here in poland is pretty clean and healthy 
because they're using fresh herbs and they'll boil potatoes and it won't be in like a whole bunch of oil. I've had even the fried stuff, like even that fried, that I told you that deep fried mushrooms, you can see it looks deep fried, but when you touch it, it's not super oily. I don't know how they managed to do it, but I say that to say, I think it's actually helpful and beneficial for our bodies to eat what's local to us, what's in season, which means that we're not gonna have cherries year round. We're not gonna have persimmons year round. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that mean that we're gonna die of some nutritional deficiency not having this? No. When we are able to get it, we can consume it and our bodies will be thankful for it. And then when we don't have it, there'll be other foods, fruits and vegetables that we're consuming that will be able to give us what we need at that time. So I just wanted to make that point pretty clear. So get creative with healthy recipes. I know while you're traveling, it can be slightly difficult, but hopefully the raw vegan meal plan, like I'm using mine in the way I use, the raw vegan meal plan that's in the 30 day raw vegan challenge, this has been around for, I don't know, at least two, three years. And so I'm, I like to experiment with different things, which is what, something I really encourage you to do as well, is to get creative with healthy recipes explore different things. If you have children, include them into the meal planning and prepping process and make it an educational experience. Share why you're doing what you're doing, why you're eating what you're eating, why you're making swaps, just so that they're educated and you can do it together, right? So you're educating each other, learning and growing together as a family. Now for me, what I do with the meal plans is that if there's something that I don't like, I figure out how to make it without the thing that I don't like. So <clears throat> I will eventually, hopefully, as I, since I just moved into this place with the kitchen, I will be making stuff and I can share some of the foods that I've been making and having. The, some of the difficulty with me historically has always been like, when it comes to raw foods, I tend to be really boring because I don't like my food wet. On Instagram, people love all the, the like the dressings that are like it, it looks almost like the food is swimming in dressing, which I hate. That's not appealing to me. I usually like my dressing on the side, and some people may think it's dry, but that's how I prefer it. And because I tend to eat, if I find that okay, this works for breakfast, this works for lunch, this works for dinner, so I don't have to continue to use brain energy on it. I stick with that on a regular basis until I get bored and I need to switch it up, which will be for some time. Don't expect a meal video what I eat in a day every day or something like this because it probably won't change too much from the plan so far, which is actual whole fruits in the morning. Sometimes I get a juice from a place called Jabka, which is like a 7-Eleven here. They have actual cold pressed juices, HP, and it says on the label HPP. So it means the same thing as it does in America, right? Which is high pressure pasteurization. So that means no heat was applied to pasteurize, but they use pressure to kill bacteria, whatever. You know, to me, I think this is as good, not as good. It's a step down from cold pressed juice and a, a huge step up from pasteurized juice. Huge step up from pasteurized juice. If you could find a local juice bar like I've been doing, you could get your juices from there. Also, to get something even more 
enzyme rich, nutrient rich. But yeah, for breakfast, that's what I do. And for lunch, dinner, it's just salads and hummus. And I have, I've got some beans, so I may be incorporating some beans. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. And I hope this episode has been helpful for you in terms of understanding food labels and making informed choices while you're traveling. I know we've talked about food labels before on the podcast, but never in this context. And I thought this was the perfect time since I'm traveling for the next few months and it's summertime and probably most of you all are traveling as well. Until next time, take care.